This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Uh, living a life of faith. And um, last time I, I spoke, I actually talked about living a life of faith. I don't know how many remember I talked about not... Uh, the key was not living by sight, but living by faith, and talked about how a friend of mine uh, flew planes, and he got me up in his airplane uh, several times, and he became uh, rated, what's it called, Austin, where you, well, it, it's, what's the official name, instrument rated, is that the official Thought there was something else. Okay, it's it's tough with a pallet here. You know, I, I got cleared for takeoff last week. I said, "Was that okay?" You know, last time he said, "Yeah." <laughs> he wasn't enthusiastic about, it, but he did say I could. You know, ask him to come up. He's going no. Okay. But I talked about being word-rated, that we filter everything through the Word of God. It's not based on our feelings. So I, I just put down some aspects about faith that maybe we've uh, forgotten or maybe we just need to uh, remember or maybe some of this will be new to you. Number one, got uh, five points here. Faith is important to us. Why is it important to us? It's important to God. If it's important to God, it should be important to us. Can I get amen in the house? Amen. I, I remember last time I had to do the, the money thing, I, I did wake some people up with that. I don't have my wallet on me. I might have to borrow Zach's if we come down to that. We'll give away Zach's money this time. See what's in there. <laughs> okay. Faith is important because it pleases God. How many want to please God? I think we all do. And we need to be aware that it's through faith that we please Him. So there's some principles here that we should understand faith, we should study faith. And me coming from a background of really uh, strong faith, um, you can get um, legalistic on it. And it's kind of like grace. You can, the abuse of grace would be sin. The uh, abuse of faith is legalistic. And we, we need both. We need grace and faith. We need them together. And, and there's some things we need to understand that will help us, you know, live and walk this thing out. Uh, this sitting in our notes, uh, I thought about it uh, late last night, but uh, in Hebrews 11.5, it says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Remember the story of Enoch? He walked with God, and God took him. He was the first rapture. <laughs> it was one person he just took him 
I heard preachers say he walked so close to God that God said, hey, we're closer to my house. Just come on home to my house. But it says in this verse, because God had taken, he, let me read it again. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. And when you understand scripture, you understand that he was walking in faith. There was a faith going on in him that pleased God to the point that God said, come on, I'm taking you out this earth. We're going to spend time together. We got eternity. Come on. Hebrews 11.6 is the verse I'm referring to. But without faith is, it is impossible. Say impossible. There's no other way. It's impossible. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Faith is the way that we please God. And we must believe that he is and believe that he's a rewarder. If we really believe he's a rewarder, what will you be doing? Diligently seeking him. So maybe we're not quite where faith doesn't believe he's quite there as a rewarder like we should if we're not diligently seeking him. Because God rewards big. So you can't please God without it. And faith receives from God. We're called to live by faith, not by sight. We receive really everything through faith. How do we fight the, the fight of faith? We, it's through faith. You have a faith battle going on. Anybody have a faith battle going on? Well, if you're not in a battle, you're probably not in faith. Well, I wish everything would go perfect for me. That's heaven. You're, you're at the wrong location. <laughs> Everything's heaven. Yeah, it's perfect there. The weather, there's no crime. You need all the banana pudding that you want. Angel food, cake, strawberries, Cool Whip all over it. Not gain an ounce. You'll still be in just tip-top shape. You can climb up trees and jump out of them like you always wanted to do as a kid. Maybe you're like me, fell out of one. Yeah, I hit my head pretty hard. <laughs> faith is always based on God's word. And it's to be a lifestyle of faith. You know, when I say to just live by faith, that's a lifestyle. A lifestyle of believing and trusting God. Why does God please with faith? I really believe it's in the heart of, of a father 
to bless his kids. And it's his avenue to bless us and to love on us. What a great father he is. So when we're trusting him and believing him, our confidence is in him. He gets to bless us. Have you ever had something planned for your kids and they blew it before you could give them the surprise? Or am I the only one? And we had them set up and then they blew it. Did I tell them about it afterwards? Of course. We were going to do this. <laughs> we're to live by faith because God wants us to live above the pressures of this life, the cares of this life. He wants us to know that we can always come to him 24-7. And he'll never leave us or forsake us. He wants us to know he has an unwavering, unconditional wave of so much love for us that it takes revelation upon revelation to get the length and the depth and the height of the love of God. And let me tell you, you never reach the end of it. You never come to the end of God's love. I told you the time that in a dream that I was with the Lord and he stepped into me and we became one. And the trust that he wants for us to have is knowing that he's right inside of us by his spirit. We can have confidence in him. Everything you see in the Old Testament we got so much better. You're carriers of God. He's inside of you. You can trust him. How does faith come? How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we need to be hearing and, and getting in the word. Well, don't you know that I'm a 2020 survivor. Yes, I know. <laughs> but don't let the culture, the news, don't let these things steal your praise of God. Don't let them steal your peace. It says keep your focus on the Lord. Keep your mind on him and he will keep you in perfect peace. Get your mind on him. And he'll give you peace. The good news is bigger and better than any bad news. 1 John 5, 4 says, Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. What's the victory that overcomes the world? Say, our faith. Our faith. Say it again. Our faith. faith is important. Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that now yourselves is a gift of God, not works, lest any should boast. The word saved there is sozo. It means to heal, preserve, save, do well, be made whole. And it's an all-inclusive inclusive word of Scripture. When you say this out, 
all your commentators would talk about this one word includes every promise of God. It includes your covenant. It includes your provision, your blessing. It includes your inheritance is included in this word. And how did it come? By grace. It was by grace. It wasn't because we were good enough. It wasn't because you're so good looking. You're so perfect. Now, if we got what we deserve, we all be in hell. Going to hell. And there is a highway going to hell, but it's no party there. This word, sozo, really opens up something about faith to us. We get the grace through faith, through believing in the grace what God has provided for us. Number two, you receive all the promises, like I said, provision, blessings, inheritance of God, with the same faith you were born again with. the same faith grace is a gift and and so is faith faith is a, a gift that is given to us God chose to love us not because of us but because who he is you want to know what God looks like look at Jesus he's a perfect image of Christ of God God the father look at Jesus and you see God the father it said that he made atonement for the sins of the whole world. He didn't leave anyone out. Grace is available for every single person. It just takes someone releasing faith to accept that provision, that supply. So one of the things that I know I got called up in was trying to work to earn God's blessings. I know no one else has ever done that in here, but I did. I've been good for a couple days, Lord. I deserve this. See, I was trying to take the natural means where we have jobs, where we have, we're based on our performance, our pay, and what we do. But the spirit realm's not that way. We couldn't afford any. We couldn't buy any of the blessings in the spirit realm. God gave them all to us through grace. Before we were here. <laughs> we weren't around. So how are we going to earn it? And I, I saw people that actually moved into a place uh, in their faith that they started almost worshiping faith and say, look at me when it's always look at him. It's about him. Amen. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You were created in Christ for good works. You're his workmanship. You're to do good works. And not to get the grace, but you're to do good works because that's what you're created to do. You're created to be like him. To do good works. Everyone has a purpose, a plan, a destiny, a calling. 
Faith is our positive response to what is already ours in Christ. That was a, a key for me because I was always trying to earn the blessing. And it's just a, it's like a hamster on the wheel getting nowhere because I could not measure up. And then I found out I don't have to measure up. Jesus is my measuring up. God the Father looks at Jesus. I get what Jesus gets. What a deal. I'm more than a conqueror. I love the illustration that you, you train for the big heavyweight fight. You go through all this training for months. You're running, you're jumping rope, you're sparring, you're going through all this. And then the big fight arrives, you're in the ring, and you go 12 rounds, you're battling and fighting, and you win. They lift up the hands of the, of the winner. And you go, wow. And they bring you this big old check. How am I going to get this to the bank? <laughs> and you're just rejoicing. Then the wife comes up into the ring to get a picture, and she takes she said, I don't want that big check. She goes to the guy beside you that has the real check and takes the check. She's more than a conqueror. <laughs> she didn't battle in that thing. She didn't train in that thing. But she got the gift. Well, Jesus Christ is our conqueror, our king. He did it all for us. He turned around and gave it to us. We're more than conquerors. My faith is in him. I don't trust me. I trust him. I stopped looking at me and started looking at him. It'll set you free. Faith is our positive response to what's already done in Christ. Romans 10, 8 and 10. Word is near you. It's in your mouth, in your heart. That is the word of faith. We are proclaiming that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. See, if you just have grace, that won't save you. You have to put faith to it and receive it. There's a lot of people who are not going to partake of the grace, the free gift of God. Because they'll not accept Jesus Christ. They'll not respond. But responding is what we need. And this, this grace, this, this faith responds to that, that grace. And e anything I do now, if I pray, I fast, I'm not trying to earn points with God anymore. Did that, done that. I've already got my points. I got all the points Jesus got. I got my points. Get, why am I doing it? I'm just doing it for me. For me to be more surrendered, more open to God. For me to receive more. It all changed. Where before, I would pray and fast, God, give me the power, give me the power, give me the power for this hour. R.W. Schenbach, you don't have a problem. You just need faith. 
Anybody remember? No. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. Oh, it's two of you. Okay. Look him up. <laughs> and some mighty miracles. But, but I've got that available to provision. Even my giving. I give. And he says to sow and you'll reap back. But the blessing is because of his grace. I don't even take credit for that. I give. It's just, it's, I'm obedient to him. I'm responding to his word. That's faith. The way he said to do it, and it taps into the grace. How many know that the provision of heaven is, is ours? It's there. He said you tap into it by giving. Now, if you could say, I believe in tithing, I believe in giving. If you're not doing it, you're not releasing faith. You're not receiving of the grace. We need both. We need grace and faith. It's kind of like salt, sodium chloride. If you take sodium by itself and big amounts and chloride, it can kill you. But together, we get table salt. It's like grace and faith go together. Number three, faith has two components. Believing in your heart and saying it with your mouth. It's easy to miss this, this principle of, of speaking or faith. It's agreeing with God. And... Um, we don't hear it ministered like we used to probably 20, 25 years ago. But I believe it is important. Now, I'm not talking about a, a magic wand thing or rubbing a genie, you know. I'm talking about confessing God's word, what God says, agreeing with him. It's the way you got saved he gave us a mouth and he's made, made this, set this thing up that we are to release what's in our heart through our mouth. You start speaking. You start saying. Now, they've told us that the one that you believe the most is you. So when you're saying the word, it's more effective than someone else saying it. So maybe you need to be speaking. The truth is we're all speaking something. <laughs> Something's coming out of your mouth. Is it faith? Now, I'm not saying you can't share what's going on in your life. That was the extreme. I had people years ago in those days that would, they'd come up for prayer. So what's the prayer request? I can't tell you. It'd be a bad confession. Now hold it. You can tell me where we can agree and pray. No. It's a silent prayer. Okay. Aren't you going to say something? It's a silent prayer. <laughs> uh, but see how, and then I saw people that would try and correct people about their, what they're saying. That's not your place, not unless you're, have a relationship with them and 
But I'll never forget, we were doing water baptisms years and years ago in the swimming pool. And we had one of the neighbors came down to watch and to eat with us. And their little boy was running on the side. And she hollered, said, don't run. You're going to fall and bust your head wide open. Well, we had a lady that was the mouth police. And she took it in her own hands and she said, don't you ever say that about your child. Well, that wasn't a way to win and influence people. <laughs> she left and I was ready to leave with her. I'm going, what are we? <laughs> I even had some that didn't appreciate jokes. It's a bad confession. It's a joke. Come on. Okay. And so it's been, it's been misapplied. It's been abused. It has. I mean, I, you can confess anything and get it. Okay, I'm confessing, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your divine favor when I robbed this bank in Olive Branch. I thank you, God, that I'll not be caught by the police. That you'll be a shield around me. I'll be invisible. I'll walk through the midst and come right up to the teller. And the teller will rejoice as they hand over all the money to me and I'll walk out. And God, let me put this on it. I'm going to tithe. That's funny or my jokes. Eh? You're going, I'm on tithe on this. That's not, there's no scriptural basis for that. And even people claiming a spouse. Well, that one's for me. I claim her. No, what's your scripture basis for that? I can have whatsoever I desire in prayer, believing I receive it. Well, yeah, that whatsoever doesn't mean that you can take control over another person. That other person has a choice and a will in this. Yeah, so true. <laughs> I won't tell you about the married one I heard about. Yeah, a minister. <laughs> married, happily married. And a person was confessing the death of the wife. Where she said, that wasn't the will of God. I'm supposed to be the wife. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's nuts, Phil. There's checks and balances in this. Do you get it? You can't just ask whatsoever you desire and then line up the word. He said that you ask amiss because it's consumed on your lust, your flesh. So there are some parameters and some things in here, but at the same time, we need to be speaking the Word of God. We spoke the Word of God to our, our kids. Come in every night and lay hands and, and bless them and speak the Word of God over them. We had Christian Mother Goose 
It's a recording that was scriptures about God uh, being there, um, giving them sweet sleep and uh, all kinds of things. So, were you speaking over your kids? Uh, you're just going to turn out like that rascal over there. No. You bless them. You speak good things. They say a lie, and every kid's going to at some point. Can I get agreement on that? At some point. You don't go around, you're a liar. They say, no, you lied. You're not a liar. You lied. Repent. Let's take care of this. That's not you. Let me tell you who you are. You're an honest, trustworthy, courageous son of God who walks to walk and talks to talk. You're just learning. But when you repent, God causes that burden on you to be released. Because kids are going to act up. Moving on, 2 Corinthians 4.13, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So we need to speak. Speak some things. And you don't have to speak it to other people. Speak it before you and the Lord. Luke 17, verse 5, it says, And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Interesting, this is right after uh, the Lord said, forgive. <laughs> Become, your brother comes seven times per, per day, forgiving. They go, increase our faith. But you can't pray and fast. You can't cry out to God to increase your faith. It's not the way it works. But I, I believe Jesus was talking about uh, something here that's, you know, if we, if we say that increase our faith, we're, that, that's almost like God's holding out. You know what I mean? It's almost like we're kind of blaming God. If you just give me some more faith. Mm-hmm. So verse 6, it says, So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots, be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now, how many have seen the mustard seed? May I ever seen Just a little speck. I mean, it's a little bitty speck. And he, he's telling them, if you just have a little speck, you could say that this mulberry tree, no, it say, it's going to stay <laughs> until you say. You say, and it will be plucked up by the roots or moved to the sea. Now, back then, that was a big thing. They had the machinery that we have today. But to move would be a lot of work, to move that tree. I believe that what Jesus was saying to them, he's painting a picture to them. They had faith. They had been walking with Jesus. They had been ministering. They had been doing things. They had faith. I believe they weren't using the faith that they had. 
If you believe that Jesus died and was raised from the dead, you have faith. If you believe you die and you're going to heaven, you have faith. Many times we dismiss and say, I just don't have faith. But I think a lot of times we do have faith. We're just not using the faith that we have. And I think that's what Jesus was telling these disciples. You got to speak to that mulberry tree. Use your faith. Now, if you're not using your faith, more faith isn't going to do you any good. It'd be like me if I'm driving the four-cylinder car or I have a four-cylinder car and I walk to work. I won't drive it. It just sits there. It runs fine, but I'm walking to work. I'm saying, I just need a bigger car to get to work. I need one of those eight-cylinder cars. Well, the four-cylinder will get, get me there if I'll just get in it and crank it up and drive it. A bigger car, more faith won't do me any good if I'm not using what I got. Hebrews 11.1, 1, I thought I needed to throw in definition of faith again. Now, faith is the assurance the confirmation, the title deed, it's your proof of ownership of the things we hope for. Remember, it's a confident expectation. It's always future, being the proof of things we do not see. Faith is always in the unseen. Faith is always in the unseen. You get prayer. Well, I didn't feel anything. What's feelings have to do with it? You're looking at a natural Natural sense to get an unseen spiritual truth. And we can slip into it. We're just waiting. Do I like feelings? Yes, I do. But I don't have to base my life on feelings. I'm based on something much higher than that. And that's the word of God. The proof of things we do not see, the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. So hope is always in the future, faith is in the now. Until the promise manifests in the, uh, in the natural, I see it as a reality in the unseen realm as mine. I have ownership to it. It's mine. That's faith. Faith has it. Now, when the 12 spies went into the promised land, remember they were sent, Moses sent them spying out the land. It said 10 came back with a report and two came back with a different report. Number four, faith knows truth overcomes the facts. Numbers 13.30 says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report. Say an evil report. Now, think about this. They haven't done anything. All they're doing is saying. They're just talking. They're having to talk. 
They brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land though which we have gone to search it is the land eat, eat, eateth up with the inhabitants thereof, eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come from uh, of the giants, and we are in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were, were we, so we were in their sight. So 10 spies go with an evil report. Think about what the report was. And you can read the whole chapter, 13, 14. But it says that it is a land that flows with milk and honey, just like God said. Everything is, is going like God says. It's got fruit. It's just fabulous. It's got all these great things. But there's giants there. And they said, they're stronger than us. Was that the truth? That was the truth. They, they were stronger than the Israelites. They're saying, all these saints, what are they doing? They're presenting the facts. It's actually accurate. What they're saying. It's factual. But see, they stopped there. And then they said, because of the facts... We cannot obey God. We cannot go there and take the land. Well, God had already given them the land. He said, it's yours. What were they doing? They were walking by sight, not by faith. And there should have been, but we're well able to go in like Joshua and Caleb. They mixed it with faith. They put faith into it. It's just like you get someone, you can share what's going on with you, but always put in the but, I'm trusting God. I'm believing God. You always put the God factor in there. Because if you just leave it the other way, it's an evil report. But you put Joshua and Caleb's report, the only ones that went into the promised land, you have a good report. So his evil report was natural terms and natural terms of facts. In Numbers 14, 27, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So, let, so tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I've heard you say. What if you got everything you said? Lord Jesus. Help us. <laughs> if we just be, I'm just saying start just checking, make sure what's coming out of your mouth. Well, I never ever hear from God. I just never hear from him. I get in the word, but I never get anything out of it. I never hear God. Where's God? Well, maybe you need to take, get you a scripture. Zach quoted it this morning. My sheep hear my voice. Well, if you just start saying, God, I'm one of your sheep. You know what? I hear your voice. You know what's going to happen? You're going to start hearing his voice. He backs up his word to perform it. Get locked into the promise. 
to the word. There's grace there. Release your faith in it. You have faith. Maybe you haven't been speaking it. Maybe the devil's trying to shut our mouths. Hmm. Never chase your giant with your mouth shut. Never face your mountain with your mouth shut. Speak the word of God. Speak to it. I was at a funeral uh, not too long ago. A friend of mine had passed away. And he, I did not know this, but his grandfather and his father both died at 45. And uh, I, I hadn't seen him for a few months. He had done some work here at church and stuff. And uh, found that he had passed away. 45 years old. And you know, I'm at the funeral. I'm, I'm hearing this. I knew he knew the Lord because I had made sure but uh, I never could game the church um, and he was going to uh, church with his family and um, I'll just say I wasn't impressed with their doctrine but but anyway he was harboring this and I'm at the funeral and, and the sister his sister came over to me introduced herself and said um I need you to talk to my brother. There's another brother, younger brother is there. He said, sure, what's going on? I didn't know him. He said, well, he keeps saying, my grandfather, my father, my brother all died at 45. Say, I've got two years and I'm dead. How many know that you can get that on the inside of you and that thing can come to pass because you believe it. And you put your faith in it. We need to let the truth ring in our hearts. You lost your job. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Sickness by his stripes I'm healed. You need help. My God is a present-day help in time of need. Anybody ever said one of those prayers? Help. I have. Help. Overload. Help. <laughs> He's a helper. In fact, the Holy Spirit is called the helper. Maybe you need to call on him for help. Wisdom. Peace. Whatever it is. You need, we need to be speaking some things. Hebrews 3 9, for we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. In Hebrews, it, it brings out the children of Israel were in unbelief. I believe they had faith, but their focus was on the wrong thing. They walked in unbelief. They'd seen what God had done, the miracles and things they'd done. What happened to them? They talked unbelief. Remember the what I just read? Their meeting? They talked contrary to the word of God. And God said it was an evil report. And they didn't get to go into the promised land. 
Number five, where's your mouth taking you? Where is your mouth taking you? I put Hebrews 3.19 from the New Living. So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Faith is really about resting in the grace, resting in that finished work. And then he turns around and he said, labor to enter that rest. <laughs> what? It, it takes work not to try and do something or Fix something. <laughs> a Ishmael or something. When you should be trusting God. And looking to him. It takes faith. To quiet the voices. That are speaking. Say no. You have final authority in my life. I'm going to listen to your voice. You might have to turn off the news. You say you, you're fighting depression. Maybe you need to turn off as the stomach turns, as the news turns. You know, it says there's certain things should not be mentioned among us that... <laughs> I'm meddling now. But you know, we wouldn't think about committing adultery and this stuff, but we'll go pay to watch adultery. Or we'll listen to music that is totally an evil report. <laughs> And maybe we need to be thinking about what we listen to, and what we speak, what you say. I'll never forget being at the Tigers. Um, I'm out of time. Let me read this first. Forget the Tigers. It was good, though, but I'll tell you. <laughs> James 3, in closing... Look also at the ships, although they are large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. It is set on fire by hell. The tongue is pretty powerful, but it is the rudder what direction is your life going? What are you speaking? And that would be good to put some things on paper, you're, what you're believing, what you're faced for, and start speaking and declaring those things. Speak them out. It'll change your life. I really believe confessing the, confessing the Word of God changed my life. So if we're going to take faith seriously, we must take confession seriously. Maybe I should say quoting scriptures. Maybe that sounds friendly. But it does say that he's a high priest, the apostle of our confession. 
Jesus Christ is the high priest of our confession. What we're saying. Proverbs 4.24, avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Proverbs 6.2, you are taken as in net by your words of your mouth. The sayings of your lips have overcome you. Proverbs 10.11, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. But violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Proverbs 10.11, there's a living truth in what a good man says, but the mouth of an evil man is filled with curses. Proverbs 12, 13, the wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through, will come through trouble. You know, your mouth can get you out of trouble. Proverbs 12, 18, there is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. You should be promoting something with your mouth. <laughs> How many are promoters in there? We got any promoters? What are you promoting? Your mouth is promoting something. <laughs> How about health? Proverbs 13.3, those who control their tongue will have a long life. How many want a long life? Did, who would have thought your tongue has something to do with that? Opening your mouth can ruin everything. <laughs> a fool's proud talk becomes a rod that beats him, but the words of the wise keep them safe. Your words can keep you safe. Proverbs 15, 4, wholesome tongue is tree of life. Perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, health to the bones. I just barely, I just... Pulled up some stuff in Proverbs. It's all over the place that he talks about. There's a link there. And, well, pastor, I don't believe it in my heart, so I shouldn't confess it with my mouth. If you'll say it with your mouth and focus on it, meditate it, it'll start getting in your heart. So speak it. Speak life. Be a blessing. What if we built each other up? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're such a blessing. Tell them, I'm a promoter of health. Doesn't that feel good? Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us instruction in the Holy Scriptures. How we're to speak and we're to watch the words that we speak. And Lord, not to be legalistic, but to be righteous. Lord, we want to agree with you to confirm your Scriptures, to confirm the Word of God. And we put it in the highest place, above the feelings, above what things look like in the natural, what things feel like in the natural. We put your word above it. And we choose, Lord, no matter what comes our way, to turn our focus on you, to look to you 
and to speak out truth and to receive the amazing grace that you so richly provided for us. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. If every head bowed and every eye shut. The Bible says that he's given us a gift, a measure of faith. It's up to you to use it. You make, it's a choice. He's given you faith. Right now, if you never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, he's saying, grace is available for you to be adopted into my family. I don't want you just to be a servant or a friend. I want you to be a son and daughter. I want you to be a part of my family, a part of the God family, and to live an everlasting life. That's you. Just slip your hand up. We're going to pray together. Anyone here, and maybe you're watching online, it's the greatest decision that you can make on this earth. What will you do with Jesus Christ? He's knocking on the door of your heart right now. And he's saying, I want to be your Lord. I want to take care of you like a father does a son. I love you with an unwavering love. I went to a cross and I died for you. I took your sin upon myself. I took your sickness, disease. I took the guilt I took the infirmity, the transgression upon myself. I paid the punishment for every place you've ever missed. Perfection. And I placed myself as a sacrifice that you could believe in me and trust in me. Because God, the Father, raised me up from the dead. And now I'm seated beside Him. And you can be part of my family you say yes just say this prayer from your heart if you mean it you'll be brought ushered into translated into the family of God say dear God forgive me for all my sins every place I've ever missed perfection and right now I receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. I turn my life completely over. Completely, Lord. I trust you to direct my steps, to direct my life. I thank you that you died on the cross and you were raised for the dead, from the dead. I believe this in my heart now and I confess it with my mouth that you are my Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. You can find a place uh, online there watching that you can tell us the good report, what's happened to you. Even we could get some information. We'd love to get, send you some material, invite you to come to church. We'd love to have you here. God is a good God. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 
866-383-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are-